Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my brother from another Marley Carly. How's it going, bro? Um, can you repeat that <laughs> one more time and just, slow down a lot? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that our audience was awake. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, everyone and, is awake, and they're all questioning if they just had a stroke or something. So, uh, yep, yeah, you did it. I'm <laughs> really confused. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we're here with another Bash Bros podcast. It is Wednesday, February 10th. The it's tri- sunny skies and sunny uh... skies and <laughs> impeachment trials are underway. Yay. For Uro or the ex-president of the United States? I think both. Why not both? Why not both? Two just habitual offenders. There we go. Love it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just so you know, also an habitual offender is me. And I must say oh. that this podcast can be found on Bobby and iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Nice. <laughs> All right. So today we've got kind of a variety show because there is a lot of things to talk about. Not just not just one. Like we, we can we could really hammer home a lot of stuff about standard, but it's still ebbing and flowing. We're still yeah. learning and grooving. Uh, yeah. And there's just so much other crazy stuff going on that we definitely wild uh, stuff. Yeah, just a lot of stuff we was. haven't seen before. Um, yeah. But before before we get to that, you know, um, uh, we we have we have a we have a we have a guest. Not Some special. Chase, uh, probably special. Yeah, we have a okay. special guest. Good. Uh, to to introduce, and you know, since we're going to be talking about the one, the only Valky God of Lies, we wanted to bring in someone whose life is also a lie, and that mm, is none other than Brian Brown doing. Mr. BBD, how's it going? Uh, good. Good. I guess you're Mr. BD, though. I've never said that before, but that's probably what I should refer to you as. True. Mr. BD? Yeah. Okay, that is, okay. That is, that is correct. BBD I guess rolls I'm off the a, tongue a lot better, though. I guess if I'm a god of lies, then I should be low-key upset with how you introduced me, but... Oh! <laughs> uh. That's That's pretty good. <laughs> impressive brian impressive thank you yeah but how have you been mr brian brown doing you know i've actually been doing pretty well lately so that's good it is yeah would you say your life is no longer a lie you've you've really blossomed into this brian brown doing shell no i would say it's still a lie yeah oh okay (laughs) okay okay sure sure it's more of a fib (laughs) though it's not like a it's like a like like a little white lie it's not like a giant you know unraveling those, your life kind of lie are those lies having cascading effects in your life that maybe would summon a more powerful version of brian brown doing jesus <laughs> I, I don't know it feels like there's some trickery afoot with that question Corey. oh my god all right well let's talk about some <laughs> upcoming events from god oh. all right the scg tour is back we just had the first um, weekend of eight satellites plus the call time championship that was exciting to see lots of decks lots of Cool things and a lot of things for all of us content creators to discuss, which has been fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, honestly, bro, you said it last week, and I didn't really realize how much we take it for granted when there isn't SCG events. Like, getting that many deck lists and just being able to play wacky stuff on stream, you know, play new decks on versus, just, just play fun decks on the ladder. It's really nice to have the SCG tour back. I must say. Oh yeah, stuff breeds stuff. Like that's it's just stuff <laughs> breeds stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of stuff, uh, as a reminder, February twentieth is the next Bash Bros Battles. It will be standard. Corey and I will be playing and streaming 
all of our action as long as we are still in the tournament it'll be switch plus top eight if you are part of the patreon it is a free tournament uh and the code to get into that event uh can be found on patreon in a message call uh one of the posts whatever they are which is <laughs> uh titled i believe bash Bros podcast code yes uh, and what is that code bradley well i shouldn't i shouldn't say it out loud mm, of course of course then um, there would be no point in going to look there huh that's just smart advertising yeah and so uh <laughs> i'm not gonna say it out loud but it is a reference to something that happens every episode oh now a I'm lot curious. of things happen every episode <laughs> yeah yeah bad and jokes the code is a whole huh? lot of nothing <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of uh you know today there's like there's two big announcements to talk about um, yeah. One of them is an event, and that is that the Arena Open was announced today. Uh, that is also scheduled for February 20th and 21st. So thanks a lot, Wizards, for uh, cramping our style. Yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Wizards. Ours is also sealed, too, so these copycats, I just cannot believe it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's actually <laughs> call time limited, so that's that's actually pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, Brian, I don't know. Are you interested in playing a little limited? What, what are your thoughts on, on Arena Limited as a competitive format? Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really played any of it. I haven't touched a limited set in, like, the last time I drafted, a cons like, a standard legal set was in preparation for the uh, regional players tour, if you know what the branding of that is. Wow. I think... God, um, that's crazy. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I think bringing limited back into competitive magic is a good thing, though. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I would never have expected that I was the one who uh, would have played more limited between, you know, you two this series. I just played two um, sealed, like, PTQs and then played a couple to practice and stuff. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I kind of forgot how much I love limited. So I'm excited to play this. I'm going to play the our bash bros event and then get right into day one of the arena open. So that'll be a long day, but should be pretty fun. Yeah. I, I mean, speak, speaking on that about like limited being back introduced back into competitive, like mm -hmm. the, uh, the esports experiment was probably worth it, but I think it was like, you know, flawed at, from the start because like, I've always, I've always considered magic to be like golf and like league of legends to be football. And, yeah, and no matter you know, no matter how exciting you want to try to make golf, you there's only so much you can do. Yeah, and so and so like, you know, there there's just there's all these pain points that that became crystal clear in the last season or two that you can't really get past. Like for for starters, like all of the esports out there are like kind of free to play games. Magic, while it's masked as you know, arena's mast is free to play. It's really not free to play. And, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, so it's, it's, and it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying this is like a negative. I'm just saying like, you know, call a spade a spade and magic is about playing. People want to play it more than they want to watch it. So mm -hmm. even though limited might not be fun to watch and, you know, we might want the pros to be watched as much as possible. That shouldn't take away from the formats that everyone's playing. Totally agree. And that's why I love like arena opens and, and the, the PTQ essentially qualifiers to get into 
um, event being limited. I think that's perfect because I was even playing these PTQs a couple weekends ago and it had like 700 players in it or something. Just way more than any of the modern standard PTQs. Mm -hmm. So the the demand is there for people to play, but they just can't risk it, risk it from a coverage standpoint because not enough people tune in. So I, I love this and I love putting limited in these spots where there's not gonna be coverage anyways. Oh, I think I think limited yeah. is gonna be a part of uh, the Strixhagen championship. Oh, really? Well, if it's the qualifiers limited, that's, you know, like before we used to see a lot of qualifiers be the format of the tournament, right? Yeah. Well, they tended to be in a different format, actually, like most of the time. It was like you qualified in limited and you're playing the modern Pro Tour or whatever. Yeah. Way and back the thing, in the day. Way back in the day. No, like, like even recently. Like even were within, they? Yeah. Like yeah. Three, years, three years ago, that's how it was. Like you, you would like whatever the PTQ season was, the Pro Tour did not always match. Like Agreed. And now, I mean, we're seeing all the super um, PTQs. Um, just popping up as, you know, tournaments that people love to play on Magic Online. But, I mean, there's people that's that true, are qualifying yeah. for Keldheim yeah, by true, winning yeah. a Pioneer tournament, you know? Okay, yeah, that that is completely true. I, I always forget yeah. about what they're doing with, with Magic Online. I'm more meant like a, like arena. Yeah. Arena and feeding I just, arena. I just think it'd be impossible, too, to get eight-person draft queues for the Pro Tour as well. Or, you know, for the set championships. Um, I don't know how the hell they would do that. If it's in person, I could see limited. Um, they you know, might, they might like, like that, yeah. this. This is this is like six months down the road. Like, it might it might be possible. True, true. That's fair. But yeah, regardless, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> uh, another announcement that came with this today, uh, which I think <laughs> is even more hilarious, is uh, a secret so layer announcement. Yes, that is right. We are. We are now a podcast that discusses secret layer announcements. Um, yeah, well, we, we've always been a podcast to discuss secret layer announcements. Don't <laughs> denigrate secret layer squires, you sick <laughs> fuck. <laughs> wow. Did you call me a sick fuck or a thick fuck? Both. Both, Both. at the oh. same time. It's, yeah. It's like oh. the, you know, we're, it's like one of those things, a blue dress, gray dress thing. It just depending on yeah. how you listen to it. <laughs> No, I, I don't. You don't. Know, oh, yeah, I, I mean that was one of our best episodes ever when we discussed the secret layer that had Squire in it. Like, ooh, that's, oh, that I, is. I, I remember that as the uh, catalyst to our decline in viewership. Actually, yeah, yeah that was the beginning yeah. of our descent. Yeah, that is that's correct. It's yeah. Like, wow, they're gonna they're gonna stoop so low to talk about tabloid bullshit like Squire. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing the one thing that I love about those secret layer announcement, you know, where they put something big in a, a product announcement, I think it's just very good advertisement on forcing us to check out every whoa, whoa, whoa. we haven't every even gotten product to what's happening, Corey. We, we, haven't, we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't told them what's happened yet. We're putting even though no. everyone probably knows we still, you know, yeah. for, for posterity's sake, whatever. we need to All right, Yeah, so... we're putting the mule in front of the horse or whatever that thing is, you know. <laughs> Yeah, we're burying the lead. Mm. Mule um, in front of the horse, excuse me? The, the, there's is that a, a common there's expression? A phrase, there's a, well, it's not common, but it is an expression. It, that's, okay. not, right. that's not the expression. It's yeah. there's something like that, <laughs> okay. though. Yeah, The carriage okay. in front of the horse or something, yeah. I'm just picturing uh, that, cart. and it just does not seem like it applies. That's what it is. We're putting, <laughs> we're putting the cart in front of the horse. There yes, we go. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, what I, what happened is 
yesterday, uh, today when we're recording this, uh, a secret layer announcement came out with uh, dropping multiple different secret layers, mm-hmm. um, including a Valentine's Day one, when Valentine's Day is in four days, but whatever. Uh, and one of them had a bunch of Titans, including Uro. Uh, and there was a disclaimer that said that, you know, since you might be purchasing these alternate art Uros, that... <laughs> They're most likely going to ban it in Pioneer, Modern, and Historic, and also possibly Legacy. So <laughs> while they're selling this card, they're like, hey, just so everyone knows, we're probably banning it in every other constructed format. <laughs> and all of us competitive players are like, thanks for letting us know before we didn't buy this thing that other people might buy for completely yeah. different reasons than competitive <laughs> magic play. One thing they didn't specify, though, they did not say it's it wasn't going to get unbanned in standard. So that's still open, that it could be coming back in standard and we might be able to use it there. All right, Andrew Cuneo. <laughs> um, I knew I saw that somewhere. I couldn't remember yeah. where. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's insane to me to think that, like, you know, I approve of transparency. Yeah, but in this fashion, it's just it, it feels like another slap of the face to competitive magic. It's like we will only find things out when it might affect, you know, public bottom dollar. Appeal. Well, not the yeah, but like yeah, public's like perception of the the capitalistic like values of these alternate art options. Yeah. You know, it has a yeah. very dystopian Black Mirror kind <laughs> yes. of feel to it. <laughs> I. I've kind of been in that mindset lately because, like, uh, I'm in, a, like, a Discord server for the WoW guild that I'm in, and there's been people who've been, like, really upset about different decisions that have been made for our guild lately, and while that's happening, somebody just installed a bot on our Discord server that, like, I guess when you post enough, it levels you up. So it's just people being upset about things and this bot being like, congratulations, you've leveled up. We, and we it didn't did. have that in the Bash Bros one. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Like people will like say something really, really complex. It's like, wow, this thing is really blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, you, like congratulations, you're level two. And then they just run, what the fuck is this? Congratulations, yeah, you're level you? three. Yeah. yeah. And it's, Every, to me, it's just this hilarious, like almost like dystopian thing where it's like, I, I just imagine a Black Mirror episode where someone's like, you know, like I can't, I can't feed my family, and it's like, congratulations, you've reached level three, like you know, like. <laughs> I, I definitely do feel like the most dystopian thing is when I see something tragically happen to, maybe not a close friend now, but uh, was in the past, right? And they post sure. about it, and you know, th- I always have this weird. The same thing happens to me and, and it's anxiety and whatever, but it's like, I want to like it and support, but like the, the term like means that I, I don't like this post. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, instead of liking or not liking this, I should reach out to them. And I'm like, but I haven't reached out to them in years and they're probably getting berated. You know, <laughs> holy crap. Like, like, I don't know what to do. Oh, cool. A cute video of a kitten. <laughs> no, All Brad, right, that's what the, now. that's what the care hug is for on facebook you can hold that yeah, but, like in and and care about them well more, more on like <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a twitter fiend you know i, I, oh, actually sure, un- sure, I sure, uninstalled yeah. facebook on my phone even yeah not a bad idea not a bad idea 
And yeah, that was tilting me with like, oh, wow, everyone in my family is actually a Trumper. This is really disheartening. Yeah. (laughs) I can't look at this anymore. That would have been faster for me instead of just blocking and deleting that many things. If I just got rid of the app, that would have been a lot, you know, quicker of a solution. Smart move. It's funny for me because my Facebook feed is so much better than any than any of my Twitter feeds, and it's like I'm I'm even yeah. I've even cultivated my Twitter feeds to where I'm mostly just following information I want to see, but it's still like mostly like depressing politics stuff. Whereas at this point, my Twitter feed is like, or my Facebook feed is almost just a hundred percent memes. Like <laughs> it really it is. It's, too. it's almost a hundred percent memes. And I, it's actually kind of nice. I like scrolling. I usually scroll through it like once a day, usually at like three forty-five AM or whatever. And just see a bunch of dank ass memes and it's great. Like Jesus Christ, go to bed so, now. So maybe this is maybe this is too aggressive and too 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 of a personal thing, but uh way back in the day when I started my magic career and I was starting to get, you know, some fame in magic, uh rolled, you know, all the Facebook requests rolled in and I added everyone because it was before I had a Twitter account. Yeah. yeah. I realized that that's the place that I want to create, you know, a following. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. It was a huge mistake. But. And and so I'm now still have, doing it to be honest. Oh yeah. I, so so now I have thousands of people still on my Facebook account that like I don't know or have never met. Um, I might know them kind of because of magic, but not really. Mm-hmm. And some I've never heard of. But so my favorite game now is if somebody says something I don't like, I, I that I don't know, I just you know unfriend them. Or 100 percent of the time, if anyone on there goes, well, if you can see this, you survived my purge. I'm just like, fuck you, you're gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> You didn't survive mine, but you won't be able to see this. (laughs) No, honestly, I do the same thing where I just add everyone because I share articles on Facebook and Twitter. And yeah, it's it's something I I, I have to stop. So that's probably. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, because like you've lost like a personal place. Oh, yeah. The problem is I lost I lost a personal touch. You know, I, I my Facebook like. Yeah. You know, isn't just actual close friends of mine. It's it's it too too much has become like work life stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now my only safe spot is just crying in the fetal position in the shower. You know, usually I had Facebook and the shower, but I'm just down to one now. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is for me too. Like my I I made a huge mistake of adding people because now I like you're saying like I don't have a personal place. And it, it's part of the reason why, like, anytime I do post something and people say something as stupid as, like, stick to magic, it makes me, <laughs> like, infuriatingly mad. Because it's like, <laughs> this is the, like, this is my personal Facebook page. Yeah. Stick to Matt. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> well, Brian, Brian, actually, now that you're our special guest, could you please actually explain this for me? Yes. Okay. Am I supposed to shut up and play <laughs> yeah. or is silence complicity which well, one is it, it i don't know which way to go brian i don't either man that's why i just gave up on everything <laughs> i know brad you're supposed to just shut up and play but go up in the right corner of arena and turn the master volume off so then you're you're silent as well <laughs> 
Oh, okay. <laughs> that went over your head. No, oh, I get, I get it. That was a joke, mm. though. Oh, okay, yeah. But Corey, that was two lines. Sorry, You're... sorry, Brad. That went over your head. I'll, I'll slow down my jokes. <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> Corey, you're supposed to only have one-liners. That was like a two-liner. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I'm learning from your um, your rant in the pre-show, BBD. Your <laughs> nine thousand liner. The that was my, some premium content you dished out. My <laughs> script for a new screenplay that I aired in the pre-show. Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> oh, and I would definitely. Uh, this is the point of the podcast where I would promote uh, the pre-show if that was worth listening to. But I'm. Oh yeah, don't promote yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. You're we should actually ask yourself right now. Wow, I really wish that I got to listen to that. You, you don't. <laughs> now we should steer people away from that. Actually, <laughs> if you normally listen to the pre-show, skip it this week um, and come back next week. <laughs> The Bash Bros Podcast is proudly sponsored by BCW Supplies. BCW offers great products at an even better price. From their Elite 2 sleeves to the DeckBot line, you're sure to get an amazing product. I've been using their sleeves and deck boxes for the last year, and let me tell you, bro, their durability is unparalleled. Well, if you're interested in trying them out yourselves, you can go to bcwsupplies.com and order today. BCW Supplies. Protect. Store. Display. Slogans. Marketing. Magic. Wow. All right. Now that we have 100% lost Manguchi. Manguchi, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> can we talk Can we talk about the fact that, uh, I don't know, like, I just, ma- magic these days with ban, like, banning and stuff. Like, I don't want to go down. We've talked about it in so many episodes before, but it's mm-hmm. like, we just have bans all the time. Now they're just dropping ban announcements into just other things. <laughs> and we've got Tybalt that everyone is destroying multiple formats and is probably going to need a ban. Like, for it's, sure. It's just, it's a, it's absurd. Like, why does every set have bannable cards now? Like, Honestly, at the beginning of this set, when I was looking over everything, I was like, <laughs> nothing, this this looks good to me. Nothing seems overly powerful. Tybalt's Trickery, I think, was the one on my radar the most. I'm like, this card just seems very abusable. But overall, I was like, okay, this is a good step in the direction. I don't see any obvious busted cards. But that interaction with Valky and, and Tybalt, like, things like that just shouldn't exist. And, and they keep printing cards like that. And it's just going to keep causing problems. So I, I'm with you. It just, it seems insane. Yeah. So, so for anyone that just plays on, um, on arena and doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, so Valky is a double face card that costs two on the front and seven on the back, which is a perfect converted mana cost to play alongside the three mana cascade cards that, mm-hmm. you know, for most of magic's history, we're doing broken things like casting these zero mana cost suspend cards. Yeah. Uh, like restore balance or um, I think that's what it's called. It is. Yeah. Uh, living, okay. living and hypergenesis. Living end, yeah. And um, but now because of the how double face cards work, you're able to reveal Valky, but then cast Tybalt much like uh, you're able to do technically that you're able to do the same thing with um emergent ultimatum which we'll get to in standard yeah uh, because emergent ultimatum says monocolor card which valky is but then you're able to cast the tip to both sides this is just how the rules work in magic um and and yeah so this is what we're talking about this is kind of taking over modern and 
legacy as there's these decks with these free counter spells and and you know cards like teferi even brazen borrower and dismember um and then they're just these cascade simian spirit guide try to get tibalt into play as quickly as possible yeah the only restriction is that tibalt you can't have any other cards in your deck that costs less than three mana except for tibalt but when you get access to cards like simian spirit guide or elvish spirit guide that give you free mana and have a converted mana cost of three you have all these cards like force of negation mystical dispute things like that 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 you know technically are printed with three mana on the cost but effectively are mm-hmm. cheaper to play you can kind of cheat that restriction and then you just get this deck where you know on turn one even you can go double spirit guide violent outburst into seven mana planeswalker and you just have a seven mana planeswalker on the first turn of the game yeah with free counter backup especially in legacy it's it's kind of gross like yeah honestly it reminds me of of hogak winter hogak summer whatever you want to call it um so much because all those decks were were just absolutely busted decks anybody who wasn't playing hogak was pretty much wrong and then all the hogak decks just started metagaming against other hogak decks with main deck ley lines and stuff and that's all we're seeing now with brazen borrowers into fairies and stuff it's just these valky decks just metagaming against themselves and that to me shows the sign that it's going to get banned and it needs to get banned because if that is something that is so powerful where people don't have to focus on anything else but stopping that that interaction from your opponent you know that your plan A is just too busted against every other deck that isn't trying to Valky. Well, well, what's ridiculous about this is we're talking about how a, a seven mana Bladeswalker on turn three is too powerful for modern. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, but it's not. <laughs> it's not turn three though. Like, I know, I know. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you, Brad? Are you trying to count one, two, seven? Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. your deck, you know. You don't have to assemble three yeah. very oh, specific Yeah, you can actually play really good cards like Obnoth and Cryptic Command and Teferi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I think we can just talk about just how busted these Cascade cards have been as well. Like, they are low-key, um, really big offenders in modern. Like, they've, they've breeded a lot of busted things. So I wouldn't say it's all on um, Tybalt and, and its trickery, but uh, it, it, it definitely is gonna keep happening with those kind of cascade cards in it the, shouldn't in the format, if you, know? you don't bring cards that cost zero one or two that are <laughs> fucked up well, yeah, like it, yeah it just shouldn't right it, like it, it's not no it's not the fault of tybalt it's the fault of the rules allowing cascade to because it because yeah. tybalt as a magic card is a totally fine magic card yes like, yep. like there's nothing broken about tybalt what is broken is the rules engine that allows you to cast the backside for free when you're not supposed to exactly so it's not it you know this is a case where i mean i I made the thing about having to ban a card every set and and how annoying that is and Mm -hmm. i stand by that but in this case it's actually not that there's anything wrong with tybalt as a card it's just that how uh the rules interact with that kind of stuff but still it's it's absurd that every set now comes with a couple of cards that are gonna have to be banned it's I don't know. And, it's too much. And honestly, 
if, if we were, you know, like Legends of Runtar or Hearthstone, where it's an all digital game, something like this would be an easy fix, right? They just errata how Cascade works. But with Magic being a paper game, you have that extra challenge of like, okay, now it gets really confusing for people that just own these cards and play in person that they're like, okay, this isn't how the card works, even though this is how it reads. You just have to know this thing. Well, you know, so yeah. There's rules on the back side of Magic. The, the thing is, is like, yeah, we could like, completely change how the cards function or those games do have a, that ability like they can say mm -hmm. okay now teferi costs four mana yeah um but but with um with this this is actually um a good thing about magic it's it's magic's uh rules engine it's so robust and doesn't it has corner cases but it doesn't just have a bunch of band-aids like yeah it you know in magic magic will never just say okay well these double face cards don't work that way the end there's yeah. there's actual a lot of subsets rules in place and they have to find a way and some and if they can they might find a way to circumvent this um through the rules but, like companions yeah well no companions they they, they that's they an actual that errata yeah. that's an actual errata yeah. um i'm mm -hmm. talking rules engine like layering like mm, okay. how how the cards function and how the rules are are, are set in motion. Yeah, yeah, some um, of the, like damage on the stack when they change that and stuff like that. What? Yeah, one of the nice things, like to, to go with what Brad's saying, one of the great things about Magic is that they just have this rules engine in place where when you throw any new cards into the rules engine, it already is set up for how those cards work. They don't have a rule like what would suck is if Magic had a rules engine where they had to like basically make rules for every card that does something weird, like make a corner case exception for those cards. And they don't and they have a robust enough rules engine where they don't have to do that. And that that is a really awesome part of Magic. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I think there's I, I mean, I'm not a rules expert, so I don't know. Maybe this maybe it's way harder, but I imagine there is a way that they could rework the magic rules such that you can't cascade into a seven mana card unless you're yeah. playing an eight mana cascade card or whatever. But That seems like the smartest fix to me instead of just banning it in those formats because the card is not going to even really see play, you know, that much if the cascade rules change. So there's no real point in making it not able to be played, but that's the fix I think they're going to have to do. Um, because it is just absolutely wrecking the formats right now. Well, the, and I mean, have you seen the, these legacy decks too, y'all? It is so messed oh, up. Yeah. Oh yeah, like like <laughs> this is definitely messed up. But I don't know how they can change the rules because then yeah, there's gonna be they, other things that get like if they change the rules to say one thing, there's gonna be something else that breaks. You know, like, like Valky becomes a multicolored card even though it's colorless, right? Like because Tibalt's multicolored. You know, things like that might happen. Yeah, are you talking about, uh, like, I think the ultimatum stuff in standard is completely fine. Like, that's well, seven but that's, mana but that's spell just it. for that. But, yeah. but that's, that's what we're talking about, Corey, is the rules engine, is you can't pick and choose. It's if the rules can apply. The well, how, how the ultimatum works is very similar to how the how the, the cascade cards work. When not it, when really. When it comes to Velky, yes, it does. Well, it's, very, it's, I, it's exactly the same thing. But I guess I'm just saying that you just adjust the cascade mechanic in this situation. But, that but, just saying you can't cascade and cast a spell that has a greater converted mana cost than your cascade spell. Like some errata like that solves the one problem in modern, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the emergent ultimatum Tybalt, you know, interaction in standard, which I think would be fine. But that's already the rule. 
Like, that's how Cascade works. You reveal a card that's cheaper, and then you may cast it. Yeah. But when you cast a double face card, you select a side to cast. But that's what I'm saying is you can just, you know, errata it to say that you cannot put a spell on the stack that has but, a higher converted ca the mana casting, cost. The casting of Valky, mm -hmm. well, actually the casting of Tybalt has nothing to do with the, with, um, with the Cascade card. Like the moment that it says, you know, you can cast that card, then it's all how Valky works with the rules. Then it's like, okay, well, when you're going to cast this card, you pick which side. Right. Yeah, those um, are that's, separate that's, things. That's yeah. why it's complex. That's why there's an entire team at Wizards that that deals with rules. Yeah. And, and, and they have an entire group about that because in these situations, you can't just add a simple line to one thing because it, it has rippling effects that none of us fully understand. Yeah. Like, like we none of us still, like, I still don't fully understand layering. It's just that it's not that relevant to what I'm doing. Yeah, and then there are weird things about layering that don't, that like, don't seem like they should make sense. A, a, an example being uh, painter servant. Um, mm. I'm not sure the exact interaction, but there's like a, a scenario where, like, I think it's, uh, God, I can't even remember. But painter servant interacts very weirdly with some cards. Maybe it's like humility or something. Or, or even same with yeah. Dryad of the Elysian Grove and Blood Moon. That was a weird layering process That's a weird layer. Yeah, Blood Moon, yeah. Or those kinds of effects also. I don't even know how, who wins. Does Blood Moon win? Dryad wins somehow. Okay, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I just, I, that's just what's ha what has oh, yeah, happened. Th there but, are cards yeah. that are similar, though, that Blood Moon wins. Like, Blood Moon beats Urborg, right? Yeah. But Dryad, yeah. but Dryad beats Blood Moon, you know? And, like, mm -hmm. and, if, and if you told me to take a test for that, I would fail it. Oh, and rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, rock, a it's a classic rock, paper, scissors. Dry blood, moon, Urborg. Like, everyone, everyone's out there like, one, so two, just, three, dry head. Yeah. I, I do just want to bring up one last thing about um the Valky Tibalt thing. You guys don't think it would be a good solution to just add a restriction to the cascade mechanic? Because I get what you're saying, that it would but open the floodgate. It's not cascade that is causing the problem, though. But yes, I mean, it, it is, is right? Because no, they're no, cascading, how, cascading into it, it. It's how the double face cards work. Cascade is working. Cascade is working as it's supposed to work. It's it is yeah. cascading you into a card that costs less mana than the card. Once okay. you're then casting the other side of Valky, you're past Cascade. Like Cascade sure. is no longer a relevant part of that, to my understanding. Okay. And I could be wrong because we're well, again yeah. we're not rules experts, but. To my understanding, that's what it is. So it is it is a different part of the rules that would have to be fixed. So a good cascade. example of this, Corey, is um when you used to be able to cascade into <laughs> boom bust, the split cards. Yeah. You would you'd be able to cascade into boom and cast bust, which costs yeah. six mana. Um the fix that that they chose um was that the entire card had a converted mana cost, one converted mana cost and not two. Because before yeah. mm. it was technically two different magic cards, one that cost two and one that cost six. Yeah. And so when you would blood braid elf reveal, you could pick which one, two or six. Yeah, and their solution. <laughs> well, yeah, that was how the rules worked. And then they decided yeah. to change the rules and say that split cards, you combine the converted mana cost, and that is a converted mana cost of the entire card all the time. True. And okay. and once they did that, then you could no longer cascade in them. That was their fix for that. Now, 
that that might be something that they they end up doing to these double face cards who knows i, I just you know. add the converted mana cost together and just say valky is a nine, nine. yeah okay if you dark yeah. confidant yeah. into a valky you know God <laughs> you take a slap you, of but nine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, that seems like the same kind of fix, and that's just as easy to do. So yeah, that does seem better. Yeah, and then and then you'd still be able to emergent ultimatum it um, if that's the only impact. But if they become mm -hmm. one card, that there's a break there too. Then maybe that means if you combining the cards, but one is multicolored and one is color colored. Now does that mean Valky is a multicolored card? So like you can like wish glittering wish for it in the sideboard like. You know, like yeah. maybe you can still do that. I don't know. I'm just, or maybe you could destroy it in play with a destroy target multicolored card, even though it's monocolored. Like that, these are yeah. these are the ramifications of the rules engine when it's tampered with, and it's really complex. And and a lot of things that you know, mm -hmm. you know, the 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 just dunks now are are solving. Would yeah, you I'd... say that it's uh, secret layers to these cards? <laughs> oh, yes, there are. <laughs> Oh, yes, the only reason they're secrets is because no one wants to go out and discover them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or read those uh, articles, yeah. right? <laughs> secret layer, not much yeah. of a secret about how they're banning Uro. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have. We kind of went down a rabbit hole with that, but I actually have yeah. a high level of faith in Watsi's ability when it comes to rules. Oh, like, for sure. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of aspects of of Watsi that I don't have a strong faith in. Uh, one of them is, you know, organized play decisions, and um, as of recently, card designing. I think that they've had a lot of mistakes there. But when it comes to things like rules, I think they're they're generally like really good with that. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure that they'll they'll have a great uh, solution to this at some point. I think. But what what do you guys think overall? Would would you think that this is uh, going to be a card that gets banned or the rules changed um, or not? Something will happen, I think. Yeah, yeah. I so think the so band, too. I think the it band, has to. The band aid. So I think at first uh, they're going to, you know, if if I got to run wizards on this decision, I would first assume that they will talk to uh, judges and the rules staff and say is there anything we can do that doesn't break other aspects of magic? And, and, and if the answer to that is no, then mm -hmm. they probably ban the card because banning the card is the bandaid. Yeah. Banning, um, the, banning yeah. the card solves the problem for sure, but it does take away a newly printed card that is otherwise totally fine, except for this one interaction um, mm -hmm. and, and bans it in a bunch of formats, which is something that I feel like they generally prefer to not have to do so well not, yeah. not until they sell all the packs right yeah and honestly and honestly velky itself um it makes sense because velky and uro were going to be in standard together and velky is just an awesome answer that punishes other uro decks right just the front side i like that interaction of the card and that would actually probably see play in modern <laughs> lol until uro is banned in you know three weeks or whatever but that After would actually they sold just be all of the packs but exactly but that <laughs> would be an actual fun interaction with um tibble or valky and uro but of course that's not how valky is uh impacting modern right now but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like ridiculous. These are the kind of things that I think are fun for a week and then just miserable after that. Um, oh, yeah. an another one we're talking about a little bit, and I don't know how much of an impact this has had, 
it, it might already be gone, but it's Tybalt's trickery. Because because Tybalt <laughs> isn't just you know messing things up in one way. And and yeah. to be fair, to be fair, what better planeswalker is there to just be like causing all of this fucking chaos, right? Like yeah. it's got to be Tybalt. But yeah, so Tybalt's trickery decks stem from standard all the way back to I saw five zero in modern, where it's just the in in standard you have to have a zero drop and you cast the zero and then you cast the Tybalt's trickery and then you reveal cards until you find like some powerful thing and you put that into play. And I heard that that was actually pretty good in best of one um, in standard. I only played against it once on my ladder climb in um, best of three, but then in modern, it can use these cascade effects as well because you cascade into Tybalt's trickery, Tybalt's trickery counters the cascade spell uh, and then reveals. And this deck just has a shit ton of Eldrazi's and Iona's and, and ultimatums. It's it's just it's just wild. <laughs> it's just absolutely wild. I yeah, love deck nonsense. <laughs> I love decks where your opening hand is like, well, the CMC of my opening hand is fifty seven, and I can't play a spell. Like, <laughs> so so I played. Uh, we played a Tybalt's Trickery show on Modern just to you know show the nonsense of this before the Velky stuff came out. And that was the first hand I looked at BBD. I was like, uh, Ross, just guess the converted mana cost of my hand. And it was 43. <laughs> the mono red, yeah. the old mono red uh, sneak attack deck that was like temporarily a thing in Legacy had some had some hands like that too. It's like, yeah. I got World Spine Worm times three. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so one thing I will say about this trickery nonsense is... I, I still hate the card and I don't think it brings any fun aspect um, to a format. And But this deck really is not that good. You know, it's so yeah. inconsistent. It reminds me a lot of Neoform, another yeah. card that, you know, is not great for a format and really doesn't exist. And it's going to piss everyone off when you lose to it on turn one uh, just because they had the perfect draw. But the deck is not good. So I'm okay with this existing um for that reason but yeah i mean the I mean, other cascade decks they work every time truth be told at this point the moment that you know a secret layer drops we have to read think everything about all the formats we play it's true and we have to read it yeah we <laughs> yeah. have to read it every time <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nervous like when's the next uh secret layer announcement how close is it to the next like major event you know like you want yeah, a it's little right before bit of, league weekend. It's yeah, right you before want league weekend. You want some time between secret layer drops and league weekends, so you don't have to change your deck last minute. Like <laughs> yeah. now, there's going to be an, an announcement to when the secret layer announcements are. Be like, yeah. just so y'all know, we got a secret layer of behemoths coming out next month. Brace yourself. And everyone's like, oh god, like my Cura best to see god, like that. But my entire strategy's gone now. They're gonna ban that, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh just, yeah that's so good i'm just thinking of like previous ones it would just be like secret layers <laughs> three mana planeswalkers and interventions and you're like oh <laughs> interventions you mean invocations uh no what's wasn't it uh, uh fires of intervention invention oh fires of invention uh, fires of interve invention <laughs> okay yeah it was fires of invention yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> secret <laughs> secret layer putting things into play for no mana it's like god <laughs> no, no! <laughs> sell your show and tell 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we now unban wilderness reclamation, yeah. fires. <laughs> oh, God. No, I yeah, mean, truth be told, it makes sense why they would want to put that disclaimer. It sucks that, that that's not the message they want to put out there. And yeah. truth be told, it's not like they're doing it so you have to read every secret layer. It's there so mm. people don't buy the secret layer and then find out the car gets banned and then complain because that's oh. that's very disingenuous. Yeah. So and, and anyone that's making the stretch that says, oh, this is just a tactic to make us care about their marketing of this kind of stuff, I, it's not the intended you know, yeah. outcome. No, I'm, and I think it's actually a good thing that they did that. Like as, yes, as, right. as absurd as it is, like as dystopian as it feels for magic, mm-hmm. like it, it is a good thing that they did that. I think. Like, yeah. Agreed. Because honestly, like the value of Euro is going to naturally go down. And if you're going to buy this product thinking, well, I get an Euro. So no matter what, I get 80 of my dollars back. You know, that would be frustrating if they ban it next. The one thing I was wondering is just why not make an announcement, you know, at the beginning of the week saying Uro is going to be banned in this format and then just drop this product then. Then, you know, it's the same thing, but it doesn't feel this weird. You know, that, that's what I would do if well, I was in charge of Things have to be announced but... at certain times. They needed to make this announcement before Valentine's, whatever. Like, obviously yeah. someone probably made a mistake, but... The memes are so much fun. Like the moment I saw yeah, this, yeah. I also thought it's like, hey, when is the next players, you know, when is the next uh set championship? And when and we just get a response of like wizards just be like, well, you'll find out when you buy your first skins for Magic Legends. <laughs> <laughs> you have to buy the pet on Arena for Keldheim, and then you will know. <laughs> yeah. The Black Lotus oh, will yeah. open and unveil the date. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, so Too so good. speaking of things, let's actually move into standard. Uh, speaking of okay. other Valkies and Tibalt trickeries, <laughs> um, this past weekend was the first, uh, you know, new call time weekends for um, the SCG tour. Uh, for those of you who don't know, on MTG Melee, you can find uh, almost every single weekend from here until May beginning of may uh an SDG weekend that involves eight satellites that qualify you for the sunday's championship which grants the winner qualification to the call time championship and then second through 12th will automatically get qualified for the um what should we call the, the qualifier weekends also now they're actually introducing um into the satellites too. So if you play in these tournaments, odds are you won't have to grind to mythic top 1200 and you have a chance of actually qualifying through it. Um, Mm -hmm. This past weekend, there was a lot, there's a lot that we could unpack, you know, but I'm doing that in my article uh, about how like, is it and Demir rogues and uh, both Naya and girl adventures were really like the dominant decks in the beginning satellites but quickly rakdos midrange and Soltai just came out of nowhere to be the top two most played decks yeah uh, and which was kind of a wild ride and, and it culminated in a finals between two unique versions of Soltai. one that was very blink oriented oriented with uh you know elvish or lanowar visionaries and 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 things like that and and a lot of yorians and then the first place the winning deck list was built around the new Emergent Ultimatum mid-range package of Soltai. Now, uh, mm-hmm. Emergent Ultimatum, for those who don't know, is double blue, double black, triple green, sorcery. Uh, I'm not reading it, so to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's search your library for three 
individually named monocolored cards. Your opponent mm -hmm. picks one of them to shuffle back in your library and you may cast the other two in any order that you choose. That's not exactly. how it reads, but that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so secret layer casting cards for free? Is that what yes. I'm hearing? Yeah. <laughs> secret layer ultimatum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so this card never got any, you know, it wasn't really highly played because there weren't a lot of good cards to cast. But now yeah. the best cards to cast in combination or to reveal in combination all are from Call Time and it's Vornclex, uh, All Runs, Epiphany, and Tybalt. And so what... Uh, I'll, quick, I'll quick get through this so people know what's going on if they haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so All Runs Epiphany is a time walk. So that already is a difficult card to give your opponent. Um, that's, so the, that's the biggest piece of this puzzle that was missing, in my opinion, was yeah. that card. Yeah, just the card mm -hmm. that says you either give me an extra turn or you give me what I want. Exactly, exactly. You yeah. almost always get that All Runs Epiphany shuffled back in and then you just get to do it again the next turn, you know? And um, yeah, and so... Uh, Vorniclex gives this deck this weird angle that it lets you abuse two cards in particular in certain situations. One of them being Valky, which you get Valky because it's monocolored, but then you get to cast the Tibalt because how rules work that we've discussed. And so mm -hmm. if you, but because you get to cast Minority, you cast the Vorniclex first, then the Tibalt, so that um, once the Tibalt comes into play, it resolves with 10 counters and you can ultimate it immediately. Mm -hmm. um, another thing you can do is go get Kiora, Best the Sea God, and Vorinclex. So if they don't give you the time walk, you can not only get an 8-8 Hexproof, but tap all of their permanents. Or a uh, Wrath effect if you're behind. Yeah. It, it really does it all. Yeah, and, and, it, and it creates like some powerful turns. And, and also, if they don't think they can afford that, yeah, they give you an extra turn and a Vorinclex. And you might have just another... Uh, ultimatum in hand and then you cast that and you're like all right now i'll take the time walk and the cards i want with the vorinclex and yeah. they're like well shit you know uh, especially because yeah. vorinclex is a haste creature probably got to attack last turn and gets to attack this turn yeah i honestly i've played maybe like 10 matches with this deck and i'm yet to search out the vorinclex so maybe i'm doing it wrong but that is just something i haven't felt like i've needed yet um it, it's really the all runs epiphany that put this deck over the edge for me just having to almost assuredly not pick that card because an extra turn is usually too detrimental to them uh, is really what makes that card good to me where I thought it was more of a meme before this set. Yeah, another card that I thought that went from meme to mean, just straight <laughs> up mean, is uh, the Chariot. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's a Corey's happy to hear that one. Oh, yeah. I called that so long yeah, ago. The, yeah, the, <laughs> like, like Corey said, this card works really well with Yorion in multiple ways. Uh, not only can Yorion crew it, but you can also mm. blink it and get two more cats out of it. Um, yep. But also in this deck in particular, copying Shark Typhoon tokens or <laughs> yes. Cura, the best of Sea God token, is downright filthy. There's been multiple times that I put it into play early against a deck like Gruul, and... Mm. We would exchange profitably with it. I would, I was able to exchange profitability with it. Um, and then it's just this vehicle sitting around. And so there's a turn where I cast the cure, but see God, get an eight, eight, tap it, activate attack. Even if I attack into a dying, it still gives me a second eight, eight token. And all of a sudden I just put 60 <laughs> power into play for seven mana. I'm like, what the hell? That's really, really good. The ultimate, yeah. the ultimate of value would be to Yorion the thing then Sublime Epiphany your Yorion, 
and then attack making a copy of your sublime epiphany Yorion to mind blown. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, honestly, I, I I played this deck on versus yesterday, and I went turn three chariot against Ross playing uh, some aggro deck, and then I just go turn four cycle a shark typhoon for three crew with one of the other cats and make another three three shark on turn four. I was like, that is just ridiculous, you know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's crazy. Like, um, just the value this card can have in the deck, and just also like, you know, in in a different world where this version of the deck doesn't exist or isn't good enough, and a the versions that play main deck Yorians, I found like I have a build that I I don't think is good right now, um, okay. or it might never be, but that plays three chariots and three Yorians. It's like a blink version, you know. Yep, and a way more focused on Yorian. And, you know, I just have all of the Elspeth Conqueror's Desk, the, the Visionaries, mm -hmm. um, and then I've got three Chariots. And it's like, if, if you ever curve, like, Removal or Omen into Nightmare, into Chariot, into Yorion, it's like, the, the Gruel Adventures can't win. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I tried a list similar to that, where I just played Lotus Cobra at two, so I could crank out a lot of turn three Chariots. And, yeah, I don't think it was quite there yet, but... It is some really cute stuff to be doing. Yeah. Like it seems decent in like an Abzan Doom Foretold shell even, um, you know, even even though I don't think Doom Foretold is just that good of a card right now. Oh, uh, just that that style of shell, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I you can't not play blue cards right now if you're playing mm. mid-range. Like you just have to because yeah. of because of this deck, because of how is it looks and, and things like that. I just don't think that... I like OBS on Duvertol. I don't think it's good enough. You know, the Mopey yeah, OBS on deck agreed. isn't good enough. Shocker. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't tell Brian that. The the big the big <laughs> point of, of actually looking at this metagame, though, that I think is interesting is that um, the catalyst, I think, is Rakdos Midrange. Because Rakdos Midrange showed up in the middle of the weekend to prey on all the rogues, Is it and Gruul. Because those are like the three matchups that it does best. Um, yeah. And with that resurgence of Rakdos came the soul tide decks that get to prey on all the Rakdos. And yeah, I, I, I looked through all these top decks in that weekend. They, they, they rarely played against rogues. Um, and, yeah. and rogues is going to inherently have a good matchup here. And also if rogues does adapt to it. So, um, you know, while I love these soul tide decks, I am very fearful of playing them into running them into a metagame of Demir rogues. Cause I've been playing Demir rogues. I was actually, still diamond um on sunday and yep. and uh, i was struggling because i was trying to make soul tide x work mm -hmm. um and then i just took uh Demir rogues all the way into mythic and just have been doing really well with it and i'm not even a fan of Demir rogues usually but it it feels like a cheat code right now yeah honestly right now it always i is, think Brad. we're, we're really starting is. to see the rock paper scissors <laughs> Um, get established here of Rakdos midrange rogues and Yorian decks specifically Sultai that it just seems like now you got a metagame call but those three decks feel really good to me and, and then always just... gruel <laughs> and, and then gruel. and then gruel's always you know good but always not the best I feel um, that that seems like the early rock paper scissors choices to me uh, moving forward to this weekend yeah I like looking at this metagame. I, I, I'm completely in agreement where it's like, it, it feels like if it wasn't for the Rakdos midrange, Rogues would just be like 
pardon my language, shitting on all these other decks. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, ro rogues, rogues, I think, also has a tough time beating a focus Gruul deck. Granted, oh, yeah. most yeah, of the... Gruul's Gru yeah. a bad mashup, but... Most yeah. of the Gruul decks yeah. lately have been gearing in a way that is away from the rogues matchup. Like, you're making sacrifices, like throwing Questing Beast back in your main deck, playing Dragons over Vivians. Um, all of these things have a big impact on the Gruul Demir matchup, right? Yeah, and and so um, I I do believe that if Gruul has to focus on too many things, uh, including itself, right? The 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 data is showing that Nye Adventures beats Gruul um, Adventures, but you know Showdown of the Scald is abysmal against Demir Rogues. Yeah, I think and it's so, all Giant Killer that's giving you the advantage in that matchup. Well, it's also just like yeah, good card advantage in the mid game and. Um, just more mm -hmm. ways to break through and to find like the powerful stuff. Like sometimes in the mirror, things kind of bog down. Mm -hmm. Um, and that card allows you to probably find more copies of your great henges and more answers. So I, I can see how yeah. that could have a, a, a positive effect in the matchup. Um, but it's not good against Demir Rogue. So they're, you know, they every deck kind of lives on a spectrum. I, this is like kind of what I was writing about this week. I'll see if mm -hmm. Cedric likes my article. Uh, so if if you're if you're watch if you're listening to this and don't see an article from me on Thursday, it's because Cedric's like, "What the hell are you fucking talking about? This is just some pedantic <laughs> bullshit." Um, yeah, but every deck lives on a spectrum, and right now, Gruel Agro is not focused on beating Demir Rogues if Rakdos, uh, Rakdos, and Soltai decks are are prominent. Yeah, one one thing I do want to point out about this is I'm looking at the stats from uh, MTG Melee does this awesome thing where you can just look at stats from a whole week of all the of all the tournaments that were played. Well, MTG, and I'm looking at M MTG data compiles uh, compiles oh, it. Oh, really? Okay, my bad. For some reason, I thought those were um, um, sourced on Melee, but anyways, MTG Soon. data compiles them. Um, but the one thing I'm looking at here, and I think there's a couple factors that come into play, but I'm looking at the Sultai Ultimatums matchup and win percentages against Rogues and 47% win rate. So Rogues is favored, which you would kind of think, but not by a lot. And then you look at the Demir Rogues matchup against its bad matchup in the form of Rakdos and Rakdos just absolutely obliterates it at, sorry, I kind of lost it. 23%. Yeah, 23% against Rakdos. So while I think the Sultai Ultimatum deck does not want to play against Rogues, I don't think it's abysmal because you get to play Clings. You get to play Glimpse of, of Freedoms. You get to play these escape cards that really even stuff out. And then you just get to play Dispute and these heavy hitters. You just keep casting Haymakers. Eventually they run out of counter spells and you still have counter magic for um they're into the stories and stuff so i would honestly rather play Sultai ultimatum right now uh, um, I mean, just, like, be, like just because you crush rakdos and it's not that bad i think that's small Rose. small sample size there it's it, small it, sample size and one other big factor is this is all ladder matches or scg matches or not not ladder this is all satellites or scg matches a very good rogues player is going to have a better percentage against these ultimatum. Well, decks. it's also so it's it also that they weren't they weren't aware that this existed, and so like it it also gives you have to give them a chance to catch up too. Because one of the things that most of the Demir rogues decks have has has kind of been stock is playing the dominations in the main deck, 
And so, mm. and, and, and no negates in the main deck. So if, you know, I've been, I've been slightly changing my deck, but also as a Demir Rogues pilot against Ultra Ultimatum on the ladder, I've not lost this matchup once. It hasn't felt close. Um, after oh. Cyborg, I have, I have, I, I don't know, like 12 counter spells and yeah. 11 or 12 counter spells and seven draw effects. And so mm. I'm just churning through my deck and like, I don't run out There's of counter also... spells because my velocity is way higher than, than Soltai's. There's also something yeah, to just... be said for, um, I mean, this is normally a thing where it's like, if you mill your opponent, it people are always like, oh, they milled away my best cards and I drew garbage. And it's like, well, milling is a random effect that shouldn't, you know, like, you know, it's a random thing and it doesn't really affect whether you're going to draw good cards or bad cards on the next turn. But when you're mm-hmm. playing a deck that is based around searching your library for specific cards, milling does actually have an effect there. Mm-hmm. It does you, hit, yeah. If you hit I guess I'm... two copies okay. of, you know, there's two copies of Auron's Epiphany in that deck or whatever. If you, if you hit both, suddenly their ultimatums are much less scary. Like, Yeah, they're still forced to, you know, be countered, I think, because they don't know exactly the list. Yeah. Um, so you still have to try to counter it every time. So it's still great bait, if anything. But yeah, bro, I guess we're just both having the same experiences, but opposite. I've only played against it three times, but I haven't lost um, on the ladder um with the Sultai deck against rogues but you know, it sounds it sounds like the gauntlet's being thrown it does sound like the it gauntlet is. It, yeah. Does. Yeah, it does it does it does feel like we're gonna have to prove this on the streets yeah oh, you know what i don't really like outside. playing arena outside though the wi-fi is pretty bad outside so i think i'd rather just play really? in I, my uh, office uh, Wait, i think I arena think... i thought this i thought this was being settled with fists oh <laughs> man oh dude that, that just reminds me i think my happiest time in the last couple of years was when brian and brian when we were still like you know we we, we had those uh rose-colored glasses about you know esports yeah, and we were and we were preparing for MC three and just sitting outside on the balcony, and just battling. Oh, that was like my favorite magic time. <laughs> we were battling outside. We were physically battling each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, you know, on the arena battlefield. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> okay. and yeah, we were we were just outside and on our porch and just direct challenge each other and in, in the beautiful weather outside. And uh, mm. and uh, Amber, something actually just. This 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 made me think of this, and it's worth bringing up. Um, it, it, and it almost made Amber cry. Did you realize that this last month was very uh, big for us, Brian? I did not realize that. No, it was the month that meant that we have now lived in on the West Coast more months in COVID than not. Oh, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, that had to have, that yep. had to have been the same mark for me living on uh, living in Virginia for more COVID months than not. It's got to be pretty similar, if not exact, because we kind of moved at the same. Oh, time, you know, right? you moved like a few months later, but yeah, you've lived with yeah. in COVID way more in Roanoke than not. Love it, love it. Fucking crazy, man. <laughs> Just <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, I really loved battling outside for the first pro tour when I came back in Hawaii, where we battled out in that nice weather, and there were, like, little geckos that would jump on the table while we're drafting and stuff. Like, that was, like, one of my favorite time of battling. Oh, outside. God, yeah. Do you remember that enormous <laughs> spider that was, like... <laughs> I, I It was, like, it was like you know, six pounds, ten ounces, like... Oh, that 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 spider was just enormous. And there was just an army of geckos that were like 
<laughs> building up the courage to attack it or whatever. I think I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. That was, uh, the, the, I, the things I vividly remember from that trip, though, are Joe Larson getting so sunburned that he had to get medical attention be, between rounds. Uh, yep, yeah, because we was... swam with dolphins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the other is, you know, this ages the tournament quite well for everyone else. Um, that was when we were watching debates between Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump. <laughs> oh yeah, gross. I was I was the watching thing... <laughs> those debates on the on the couch, being like, "What a fucking idiot!" <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> just, I do remember Joel coming over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Joel coming over. Like, wow, is that really your two candidates? And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> the thing I remember vividly was what you kept saying, BBD, because this was right after your glorious uh, world win. You would just get, you did like would pop your head into my my room or something and be like, hey Corey, guess what I'm doing? And I'm like, I'm guessing you're putting ten thousand dollars into your bank account. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just where you could only take out ten thousand from e-wallet every day. So for yeah. ten days straight, Brian was just like, hey Corey, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm guessing it's ten thousand, Brian. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Okay, I do see not you, see remember doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is wild. <laughs> Yeah, that's wildly different than experiences I have when I pop my head into Brian's room. Most of the time, it's at tournaments. Most of the time, it's hey Brian, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm trying to uh, lantern mill my opponent out before he attacks me for lethal, and it's a draw. Yeah, all right, that was an hour and a half of my life. Let's figure out which humans deck I'm gonna play. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, London, gotta love it. So good. Yes. Oh, flashbacks. They're great. But yeah, so, I mean, I I think Sultai Ultimatum is a very good, powerful, fun deck. I do think it'll be exploited this weekend by bluer strategies. Um, Do you think it can adapt? Well, that's the thing. I think Sultai can adapt. I don't know if Sultai Ramp can adapt because Sultai Ramp is, like, very rigid in design, right? Like, you need to play four seven-mana cards that all can get Mystical Disputed. Uh, yep. you have to play all of these other cards that go powerfully with it. And then you play your removal and stuff. So like, I don't know. And, and also by design, these decks, you know, half the removal slash ramp is binding and binding is a four mana sorcery speed removal spell. That's not going to be good against a rogues deck. That's yeah. not going to, that's not good against an, is it tempo deck? So if these mm-hmm. decks are popping up to beat this deck, the only real way that you can take it is to ignore you know, stop stop looking at each different Sultai deck as an individual strategy and look at them all along the same spectrum and pick and choose where you want to make your fight. And right now, mm-hmm. if I was going to play Sol- a Sultai deck, it would be much more flash-oriented. A lot of Counterspells main, four Maze Mind Tomes, very similar to, like, the decks that I was, like, playing right when the format started because that deck can play a ton of card advantage so that you always have enough Counterspells for these Sultai mirrors, but also can be the way that you want to equip your deck to fight decks like is it tempo and um and demir rogues but that also means you know decks like rakdos and gruel are still going to show up like and boros of course like they're going to exist and if you really look at the numbers there are even if you use this data this small sample data size most Mm -hmm. of the decks are all kind of comparable in win percentage yeah. yeah, I think what, what you were saying, Brad, in the intro, you know, about like what your article uh, is about and just how every deck is robust. I think that's what we're seeing in these stats. There's no deck that's just getting absolutely dominated like, you know, Azorius Yorian did in, in league play 
um, pre-Kel time and stuff like that. Like everything's pretty close, 49%, 55%. Like it does seem like you can kind of just play anything and just make sure you're prepared for the expected metagame. Hope you guess it right. And you know, just make sure your list is clean and, and uh, prepared. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, you, usually we'll see like one or two of these decks fall off and then that'll adapt. That'll significantly change the metagame, but we can't predict that right now. Yeah. What were you going to say, Brian? Oh, I was going to say that like I, I basically agree with Brad, except for um, I respect myself too much to ever play four Maze Mind Tomes in a deck. So it's yeah, I, <laughs> what about, I did not like that card. Fortunately, <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on that one. So Yeah, I cut that card from my list altogether. I just do not think that's a very strong card. Oh, then, then your deck just cannot compete with, with uh, a good... If your deck has Demir to play, pilot. if your deck has to play yeah. Maze Mind Tome to have a chance at competing, then it's not. <laughs> it's not a good deck. That's my uh, yeah. yeah. I I've only played nine matches with this with this Sultai Ultimatum deck after it came out because I thought it was so fun. But I am nine and zero, and I'm top hundred on Mythic with it. That's and, insane. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I have played against uh, a couple loose uh, Demir Demir pilots. I will not uh, argue that. Yeah, I mean, the first, like, right when I picked this deck up, I just played against Counterspell decks and got shit on, <laughs> like, yeah. so badly. I'm like, oh, my God, this is miserable. I'm, I'm just sitting at looking at my hand of, like, Wrath Effect, Binding of the <laughs> Old Gods, and, like, a Chariot, and I'm just like, I guess I'll play this Chariot, and they're like, counter it, draw four cards, go <laughs> with two mana up, and I'm like, I'll tap out into your two mana, counter it. Like, like oh, this is miserable. Yeah. Well, Brad, if you need some help, I can, uh, you know, get my coaching service back up and we can discuss rates if you want to learn how to beat some rogue decks. Oh, I, you threw the gauntlet, buddy. Next time you're streaming, I am just coming in. I'm coming at you. Oh, shit. Or, or, or just we'll, we'll battle the BBD. this weekend in the tournament and if I don't sleep through it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That'll be first. I have to beat you on the streets of Among Us at least once before. Oh yeah, uh, we're playing Among yeah. Us tomorrow. Well, today. Damn right. Today. Yeah, today. If you're listening to it. Yeah. Or and, or weeks in the past. If you listen to this a week later, of course. Yeah. At five at five PST, <laughs> we're gonna be playing some Among Us with uh, our Discord. Yeah, and I think you know. I mean, as long as we just keep having fun with it, something we're gonna do at least uh, every once in a while. I thoroughly enjoyed the last time, yeah. Well, yeah, you just didn't you you didn't know what the map was, nor did you look at the map when I sent it to you. Yeah, well the thing is I I like we started getting into the game and you said the map was somewhere. So I'm like, oh screw it, I'll just Google it. And for whatever reason, I could not find the picture of the map. So now that I know where to not go in some of these corners of the map, you're going down, man. You're going absolutely down. (laughs) (laughs) You can also free play for like five minutes and just like do some tasks. So you know just, what the tasks uh, are like. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Or just or just switch to an imposter and vent around so you get familiar with the vents. Mm, it's it's probably yeah. worth 10 minutes before we play just exploring the map. Nah. nah. I'm going in blind. I'm going in blind. <laughs> and I'm going to go to kill you immediately when I'm the imposter. If you're in front of someone, I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Um but uh, unless anyone else has anything fun to talk about. No, not really. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to playing standard this weekend. You know, I, I'm leaning on uh, Sultai Ultimatum just because I think I really enjoy it. But uh, I'm excited for this F2K event on Saturday. Um, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll most likely be streaming it. Like I said, if I wake up in time. 
Yeah, it's so early for you. It's a nice a nice gentleman's noon for me. So Yeah. Yeah. Noon <laughs> noon, noon starts are so much easier. Same with the SCGs. They start at seven AM for me. It's like, oh, it's so hard to want to get up for the for the Sunday for tournaments. These Ten round tournaments and stuff. Yeah, yeah that getting is up a at like grind. six in the morning. Ugh. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. But no, it should be fun. Should be a fun weekend. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Bash Bros podcast. Uh now uh, before we go, I just want to let you all know that we did just come out with a new shirt on the merch store. So if you take a look at that, you too can be part of history with your own, very own yeah. Four Seasons Total Depression shirt. <laughs> yeah, and we got to we gotta get a what's in this secret layer shirt coming out next. Um, so, so, so we are, we are, we are paying to get all of this stuff, um, you know, made Yeah, the graphics done and we're not selling shirts. (laughs) So (laughs) we we have costs to recoup before we make new ones. Um, ah, bummer. Yeah, it's starting to feel real bad. What if they're funny to us and you know, that just makes up for it? Is that, is that not enough? It's not that they're funny to us. It's that we're the joke. Ah, of course, of course. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So if you want to boost our spirits and also uh, support the Bash Bros podcast and all the money that we've uh, thrown away at graphic design, you should go buy (laughs) our shirts on our merch store. Anyway, let's talk about our cast and crew. (laughs) Yeah, please. We want to eat this month. (laughs) Well, we can eat. Don't worry, we can eat. I would like to eat less this month, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a rough month. Sounds like a rough uh... month. <laughs> oh, All right, should so we do good. the cast and crew? I'm still just I'm basking in what Brian just said. It's so true. Yeah. Why? Did you guys just eat a lot or what? No, just the idea. We're just fat. And we yeah, don't want we, to be fat. We want to lose <laughs> weight. Yeah. Yeah, I want to, in fact, eat less this month. <laughs> yeah, I've given I've given up on uh trying to stay in shape during quarantine. Once COVID uh, you know, stuff lifts, that's when I'll start doing some jogging again. I actually built a then... mini gym downstairs that neither Brian or I have used yet, but we want to. We keep talking about it. But hey, it is the thought about that counts. It. Yeah. yeah. It's the thought that counts when it comes to fitness. Everybody knows that's how you get results. So. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, everyone. We're going to start up the cast and crew here. So first up, we got Bino Gatista. And Bino, you know, really ambitious fellow, has made his way up to Doorman. Um, we still don't have anybody at the office. So Bino's just been outside yeah, of the COVID building. COVID restrictions. Yeah, Bino's just been outside, probably pretty cold, but, you know, <laughs> pretty impressive. <laughs> All right, and then we got S. Sarudi, and that is our business analyst. There's a lot of business to anal. Yes, there is. <laughs> All right, uh, we got a new job with Inside Esports, which does seem more appropriate than Shawlog Wrangler or whatever. Chungus. Chungus Wrangler. Chungus Wrangler, yeah. So so Inside Esports has moved to being our esports event organizer on MTG Melee, uh, which sounds like a great place to be. And Inside Esports actually has a tournament this weekend that you should all check out. It is a free uh, standard $500 prize tournament uh, that is raising awareness for suicide prevention. Uh, So everyone should go take a look at that. I will make sure that the link is down below here for uh for anyone that is listening to this on one of the, one of your favorite platforms. I actually have a, yeah. I have a serious question. Is there any difference 
functionally between an esports event organizer and a chungus wrangler. <laughs> I'm not God. seeing a difference, oh, to be honest. Holy shit. Well, in magic, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Does that make me the chungus if I played yes. in some of the esports yes. esports' events? Okay. You are that, a chunk. You are a chungus. That, that, yeah, that is uh wow fuck. Jeez, Brian, really, really, really hitting us this week. <laughs> really hitting us hard. And you know what else is hitting us hard? It's pasta, clearly. So um <laughs> Ian Pasella is BBP's leading resident pastafarian. Seems like we've all been eating too much lately, and it's really uh Pasella's fault. It is, it is mm-hmm. delicious, yeah. but not great for the old waistline. <laughs> Speaking about the Bash Bros podcast waistline, we've got Richie, and that is the Bash Bros accountant. And Richie has informed us that we have sold zero shirts. So <laughs> we are no, no, bankrupt. We, we sold one. Ooh, we have nice. sold officially one. Really? So far, oh, yes. We <laughs> like are, you say that like it's super like, holy shit. The end of the world, all? yes. And, Whose and, uh, mom of ours got it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. My, or- my order went through. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Next up is Opa, who is our research director. And uh, for this next week, can you uh, stop us from going <laughs> down the path of merchandising? Because it is it is not going well. Can you, save, can you save look us. up other avenues of money? <laughs> save us <laughs> from revenue. ourselves. <laughs> Or what about this? We double down, boys, and we make twice as many shirts at twice the rate. I like it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you next could, wait, do you just mean like twice as expensive? Yes. 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 And they're twice pay, as big. We pay the person we pay the person <laughs> double. We pay the graphic designer double of what we're paying them now for the same product, okay? Yeah, twice it's twice as expensive shirts. They're double the size. So they're it's like wearing <laughs> And they're half the quality. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Next up, we got Wappa, and that's Brad's personal barista. Um, Makes some damn good coffee, but refuses to walk BBD. We'll walk D every once in a while, but yeah, very strict on the BBD aspect. So, so, sorry, Wappa, I just got to add this. Um, Going back to double the size, half the quality. Mm. If Amber ever leaves me, that's going to be my dating profile caption, my bio. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. It's so bad. <laughs> Double the size, half the quality. God, that's good. Can we just make you a, a Tinder profile, anyways, just to see no. what people say to that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Too late. I'm already on it. That's that sounds like something that was written by Adham. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who incorporated, so who incorporated a sneeze into his own description, but also is our ghostwriter. So, writes all the different things that we don't and do. Say. I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. <laughs> That's actually uh, the one thing that was outside of. That was ad libbed. That was, yeah. yeah, that was outside of his grasp. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got David Watt, who's our special guest screener. And uh, you know what? Mm. I, I thought I thought the job was done pretty well this week. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Or was David Watt the god of lies this week? <laughs> he, he 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 was not. All right. Next we oh, have okay. Paul K. Sorowski, and that is BBD's wall staring photographer. And I got to say, he's really hurting my bottom line because I am cracking a lot of extraneous diet Pepsi's, and it's becoming a problem. So. <laughs> 
that is the most first world problem I've ever heard. It it it, yeah, it, is. Really is. it is. Next up, we got Max, who is Corey's linguistic coach. Uh, Corey, how is that training going? Uh, I've stopped. I've stopped talking to Max. So not great. Oh, yeah. you just stopped talking mm -hmm. altogether. You've reverted. I I did. Yep. Yep. The funny thing is, is I was going to say that, Corey, you actually upgraded your pronunciation on some of these things. I thought maybe Max had been doing a good job, but it sounds like it's unrelated. Maybe, maybe Max was holding me back this whole time, but <laughs> now I'm truly going to be a master of words. Yes, let's keep Doubt insulting that. the people that pay to work for us. <laughs> Agreed. That is our that is our main thing. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Going. Next up, we got Phil. And Phil is one person that I will never say anything bad about. I have never seen Phil do a bad piece of work in his entire life. Uh, just really top shelf stuff every single week. Have you seen Phil do any pieces of work? I have not. That's I have not seen him not do any work so. yet. I've never but, even seen yeah. Phil. Yeah, same. Really? No. Yeah, it's it's still great. I can't say it's bad work from Phil, so got that going. I mean, I've never seen you know, anything. Better than David Watt. I've never seen anything except this fucking wall in front of my face. So I don't know <laughs> any of these people or anything this is about. Brian, get out of the basement sometime. Including okay? JP, <laughs> who is the BBP general manager, who I've never seen. And I don't know what he does, but I'm sure it is a fine to middling job. That would, that's yeah, it's, what, a lot yeah. of, it's a lot of general work. It's yeah. a lot of general work. Yeah. Next up, we got Sultan Abbasi, and this is our designated mana dark. You know, I think mana dorks are all about accelerating out permanent. So I'm going to give it to Cascade, is yeah. the designated <laughs> mana dork. This first week. is our mana dork <laughs> yeah. of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this, jo this job has gotten wild from Sultan yeah. Abbasi. <laughs> Secret layer free fucking spells. All right. <laughs> <laughs> next next we got eric Nall, and that is our bbp trash man champion of the day man bringer of the sun or what i i don't know i messed, i botched that but whatever that's that is that's eric Nall. oh shit all right next up is garamaldi who is our merch store manager uh and yeah Gar thank you so much for managing uh what's going on hopefully we'll bring you some more business here soon uh if you have any ideas let us know some promotional things to do yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks for managing our most failed experiment so far gear really Gar nailing it gear yeah. <laughs> average average work day is seven hours and 43 minutes playing facebook games 17 minutes <laughs> <laughs> managing our merge <laughs> yeah There's 17 no minutes takes checking. that long yeah you're right yeah yeah. 17 minutes checking the different uh, emails um, connected to our merch store and realizing there are no new notifications. Well, to be fair, to be fair, Gare did did send out all of our uh, our our Patreon shirts. Mm. So so this is the this was the second batch going out. So uh, all of you that are at that shirt tier will be getting the Mario Bastros podcast shirt. I was still really waiting for somebody to take a picture of them in their shirt and post it online or something, but I'm I'm yet to see any yet. I, I just want to see someone out there with one of our shirts on, preferably in person. If we got to actually see people, that would be cool. But you know, just anyone. Anyways, uh, next up we got Patrick, <laughs> and that is our office party coordinator. Um, you know, all this shirt money we're gonna get, we're gonna be able to buy maybe one two bags of lays maybe to be able to uh have just a killer party oh Ooh, i got a half a bag of lays from the frolics uh for the super bowl 
So you got laid by the frolics? Good for you, bud. Yeah, I, mm. I was thinking it, but I wasn't gonna say it. Oh, I did. right. So next we have Filippo Scalanis, which is Brad's soundboard operator, and I'm gonna leave you with a little gift. I do want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. There you go. Soundboard that motherfucker. I do want All to right. have to fucking do this shit anymore. There it. it is. Oh my god. Got it. What? Wow. You mean Felipos you is, mean Filippo's got it? Filippo's is on top of the, his game. That is impressive work. That was good. Uh, I, I know it's my turn, but I am saving it now because if I don't save it. And I turn off my computer later, I won't have it saved. So, all right. Next oh, Lord, dang it. Who is our CEO? And that is our chief executive officer. Uh, much like the, the CEO of, of Wizards. And there, I don't know. Laura, yeah, you do a good job. I'm, I'm just, I don't want to go down a long, windy road to try to make a shitty joke I've made before. So, here's Laura, oh, Brad, 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 Brad. Back it up, Brad. That's what our podcast is all about. We don't want to strip the listener of that explanation. So please go on. <laughs> I think that my favorite thing that Laura does is when we get a shipment of meat and cheesesteak <laughs> on the same day. But there's all also right. a surprise. Next up is Victor, <laughs> Brad's first place trophy holder. That's right. Not a lot of work for Victor to do because Brad's a piece of shit that doesn't win anymore. But... Whoa, 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 Brad. That was, my, that was my turn to read it. Yeah. So Brad's a piece of shit who doesn't work. No, I'm just kidding. Corey, that was my turn to read it. Dr. Ronks, the resident proctologist. All right, and we're done. We are done. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about some more nonsense. Peace out.